Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing the Barbasol Championship. It is the alternate event on the PGA Tour schedule that is being played alongside the Genesis Scottish Open. And while it may be the alternate event, you're going to have a little bit different looking field. It is an alternate event caliber field, but there is still money to be made by playing DFS or by making bets on this tournament. So we're here to break it down for you here on this episode. We're going to break down the course itself. We're going to talk about the golfers that you need to have in your DFS lineups or on your betting cards if you want to win big this week at the PGA Tours alternate event. Now, if you are new here to Mike's Money Picks, if you're listening on the podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Please rate and review. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button. Please subscribe to the channel as well. It shows me more support than you could ever know, and I really do appreciate it. And if you hit that subscribe button, you'll be notified when new episodes drop, like next week, when we have two episodes for the upcoming Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. And we're also going to have content for the Barracuda Cuda Championship next week as well, which is the alternate event next week alongside the Open Championship. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with this preview for the 2023 Barbasol Championship. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so the Barbasol Championship is going to be played at Keene Trace Golf Club, which is in Nicholasville, Kentucky. So the Barbasol Championship is one of the newer events on the PGA Tour. They actually founded it in 2015. It was a brand new event as the alternate event to the Open Championship back in that day. Believe it or not, my first exposure to the Barbasol Championship was um, I was scrolling through Twitter when the 2015 Open Championship was going on at St. Andrews, and... Um, the PGA Tour tweeted about somebody having a 29 on the front nine, and I did not know that they were talking about the Barbasol Championship. I thought that they were talking about uh, the Open Championship, and so um, I was like scrolling through the leaderboard trying to figure out who shot a 29 on the front nine at St. Andrews, and um, it wasn't anybody because it was happening at the Barbasol Championship, so that was when I became aware of the existence of this event. So um, yeah, that was kind of my introduction to the Barbasol Championship. It has been played at Keene Trace Golf Club um, in the last five editions starting in 2018. It was previously held in Alabama. Now Keene Trace is going to play as a par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. Now, in my personal opinion, um, this is a very scorable golf course. It is going to come in at a little bit over um, 7,200 or I'm sorry, a little bit over 7,300 yards. Um, and so this is not a long golf course and it's not really a super difficult golf course either. Um, if you look at the scorecard, I believe that the par fives are going to be very, very scorable. Um, most of them are going to be reachable into for most of the field. Now, the scorecard that they have on their website, you can up those yardages just a little bit for the PGA Tour, um, but I do think that this is going to be a very scorable golf course. Now, the par threes themselves, you can see on the card, are going to be some fairly long par threes. Um, those are really probably going to be the only difficult holes this week because you've got a lot of the par fours that are going to play inside the 400 to 430 yard range. Um, and so for these guys on the PGA Tour, 400 to 430 yards on a par four, that's going to be driver and then a wedge into the green, which, which is going to be an absolute scorable hole for the guys on the PGA Tour. Now, this event in its young history has tended to be a little bit of a birdie fest, right? Um, it's tended to be a very scorable event. So in every year that it's been held at Keene Trace from 2018 on, it's been four editions of it in the winning 
score has ranged from minus 21 to minus 26 in those four editions. Now, it is worth noting that last year you got actually a little bit of a stronger field here because in 2022, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour started their quote-unquote strategic alliance with the Scottish Open and the Barbasol Championship where the big dogs on the DP World Tour played in Scotland and they sent um, some of their you know lesser-known players across the pond to play in the Barbasol Championship. And it actually kind of upped the field because kind of like what you're going to see this week, some of these middling DP World Tour players are better than some of the middling PGA Tour players, in, in my personal opinion. All right. Now, when you look at the winners at this golf course, you've got Troy Merritt, Jim Herman, Seamus Power, and Trey Molnax, which is a wide array's of skill sets for four guys to win at the same course, right? Um, Trey Molinax, super long off the tee, super good with the driver. Seamus Power, not long off the tee, super good on approach. So here's the bottom line when you're playing here at Keen Trace. You're going to have to score well. How you get there is kind of up to you. Um, it's not a super difficult driving course. And so you can gain strokes off the tee by having long and accurate drives, but it is a course where you're going to have to make birdies if you want to win. And so you're going to have to be good on approach to put yourself, you know, with makeable birdie putts. You're going to have to be good with the putter to knock down some of those birdie putts if you want to win. Now, looking here at rickrungood.com. I'm on the custom model page. Um, and one thing I did was load in what I think are some of the key stats. Now I used weighted strokes gained because what that does is that um, kind of nullifies the advantage that some DP World Tour players would have if they had played in weaker fields. Same goes with Corn Ferry Tour players. Some of those um, guys are in this event as well. So if you look at weighted strokes gained off the tee, and I do think strokes gained off the tee is going to be important. Like I said, you can separate yourself with good tee shots here that are going to give you easier shots into greens. Weighted strokes gained off the tee. The top five are Peter Quest, Tyler Duncan, Cameron Champ, who withdrew, Akshay Batia, Lucas Glover, and then I'll give you a bonus James Hahn since um, Champ withdrew. Weighted strokes gained approach. Again, approach is going to be important because you're going to have to give yourself makeable birdie putts. Top five in that category, Kevin Streelman, Lucas Glover, Akshay Batia, Troy Merritt, who withdrew, Paul Haley, and Kevin Roy. Now, in terms of strokes gained, just purely at Keen Trace, you've got a top five of Kevin Streelman, Andrew Wilson, Justin Lower, Justin Lauer, Lower. I'm gonna go with Lauer, Marcus Helgekilda, uh, and then Sean O'Hare rounding out the top five. And then for strokes gained, easy courses because this is an easy course. If I were to compare it to one course that is on the PGA Tour schedule, I would compare it to TPC Craig Ranch, home of the Byron Nelson. Um, that is another course where it's going, it's easy driving because it's got wide fairways. Um, and then it's got, it's an absolute birdie fest. So you're going to have to put yourself close on approach. You're going to have to make putts if you want to win there. Um, and so I just loaded in easy courses in general, just because I think that will matter. And the top five in that are Andrew Wilson, Marcus Hellig killed again, Nicholas Norgard Moeller, Vincent Norman, and Taylor Pendrith. When you total that all up, the top five in my model, and I felt pretty good about this when I loaded it up. Top five in my model, Kevin Streelman, Taylor Pendrith, Vincent Norman, Akshay Batia, and Tyler Duncan. I felt pretty solid about that top five when that top five popped out. All right, now if I'm looking at the cheat sheet on rickrungood.com, let's talk a little bit about lineup construction from a DPS or DFS perspective this week. 
So if you're going to be playing on DraftKings this week, how you construct your lineup is going to be super important. I expect the top of the board, Glover, Pendrith, and Quest to be very popular. It tends to be the case in any weak field event, in any alternate event, the guys at the very top of the board are going to be popular because naturally people are looking for somewhere to spend their salaries. So they just click the top guys, right? So these three guys are going to be very popular. So the question becomes, do you feel significantly better about Glover, Pendrith, or Quest from the rest of the field that they're worth not only eating the additional salary, but eating the additional ownership? Because in a field like this one, I tend to think that the bottom of the field is pretty darn weak. Uh, and so I would really prefer not to dip down into the 6 and 7K range just as, you know, I, I would prefer to use those guys as little as possible, right? Uh, and so if I could go with a balanced build this week, if you find some guys in the 9K and the 8K range that you like, I think that's a very solid strategy because I think you'll avoid a lot of the ownership. I see a lot of these options in here just kind of being guys that are all going to, you know, churn out similar ownership. Um, and so you're going to end up with situations where if you go with like three 9K guys or, you know, you know, two 9Ks and an 8K, that's a way of being a little bit different of constructing your lineup that can allow you to be unique. Now, what you're going to have to do though is you're going to have to make the decisions for which guys you want to include in that lineup. So let's go ahead and kind of break it down, see if we can figure out who our favorite guys in this field are going to end up being. So let's start off with the guy at the top of the salary board, and that is Lucas Glover. So Lucas Glover is probably playing like the best player in this field. In his last two starts, he's got a T6 at the John Deere and a T4 at the Troy Golf Club. Significant because both of those places are birdie fest, right? Uh, geographically, I think that's a little bit significant as well. Those are both Midwest golf courses. This course is in Northern Kentucky. It's not that far from Ohio. So I do think that there's a little bit of Midwest vibes here. Um, and so I do think that that's not a bad indicator that Lucas Glover is playing well in the Midwest. Now, what we really like to see with Lucas Glover is that historically, he has been an absolutely terrible putter. Always been a good ball striker. Terrible putter. In the last two weeks, he switched to, and I do not know the exact week he switched to it. I believe from all the information I could gather, it was at the memorial when he switched to a new putter. But he's using one of those Adam Scott Siwoo Kim broomstick putters now. Um, and it's been working wonders for him. It took him a few weeks to catch on because apparently at Mirfield, Oakdale, and, and the Travelers, he, he didn't do too hot with it. But at Detroit Golf Club and at TBC Deer Run, he gained almost 10 combined strokes with that new putter. Um, and if he's going to continue to putt that well, he's going to continue to finish that well because the ball striking is always going to be there. So the question is with Lucas Glover, A, are you willing to eat the, the ownership in DFS? And B, are you willing to bet that that trend with the putter is going to continue? Because if it is going to continue, he's going to be in for another good week. So for that reason, if you're willing to play a high on Lucas Glover, I have no problem deploying him in my lineup this week. Now, next up is Taylor Pendrith. So Taylor Pendrith is a guy that I like for two reasons. First off, um, he really had a great bounce back performance at the Detroit Golf Club. Things had not been going well for Taylor Pendrith in recent months. And at the Detroit Golf Club, he had an elite ball striking week. He was in the final pairing on Sunday and he just couldn't get anything going. He was playing in the rain, just did not look like he was having a good time. And, you know, he had an elite ball striking week, but he didn't really do much with the putter. And so if he had just, you know, been better with the putter, 
probably looking at Taylor Pendrith with a really solid finish at the Rocket Mortgage. Now, another thing that I like about Taylor Pendrith is that he has played this event very well. He appeared in it in 2021 and 2022, finished T11 and T13. And if you look at it too, his off the tee numbers were fantastic. His approach numbers were not that great. And he's a guy that if he does give himself some easy wedge shots in the greens, he can rack up strokes gained approach. And so I really do like how this course lines up for Taylor Pendrith. I really do like how he bounced back at Detroit coming in. Uh, and so I do think this is a solid setup for Taylor Pendrith as well. Now, Peter Quest is probably going to be the guy out of those top three guys that I like the most, if I'm being totally honest. So Peter Quest is kind of still an unknown quantity. He's kind of in the Sam Bennett, Gordon Sargent, Ludwig Aberg category of guy that's recently coming up um, and guy that we don't really know how good he's going to be just yet. Well, if he continues what he's been doing, he's going to be pretty darn good because at Detroit Golf Club, he was T4, and at TBC Deer Run, he was T17 in the last two weeks. In both of those weeks, he gained over two and a half strokes off the tee. He gained over two and a half strokes on approach. He gained over five strokes ball striking. So you're looking at a guy who is striking the ball really well right now, and oh yeah, the putter's cooperating as well. He's combined over six strokes gained putting in those last two weeks. I really like what Peter Quest is doing. I think there's a potential that he's just the most talented player in this field. He's the best golfer in this field. And he's probably the guy out of the top three that I'm willing to be the most overweight on in DFS. If I were betting this tournament outright, I would have him as the favorite to win it. Even though he has not done so, I think this could be a guy that does so more than a few times in his PGA Tour career as it continues on for years and years. Now, dipping into the 9K range, I do want to talk about Kevin Streelman. So Kevin Streelman tends to be a guy that, if you look at his profile, is not great off the tee, is not great with the putter. Well, for this tournament, if I'm being totally honest, you don't have to be great off the tee. Is there an option where you can gain a lot of strokes off the tee? Yes, you can put yourself in great positions by being great off the tee. But if you're not good off the tee, are you going to get yourself into a whole lot of trouble? No. If you're not super long off the tee, are you going to be boxed out of certain holes on this course? No. What Kevin Streelman is, is he is a great iron player who can have spike putting weeks. And so if he does happen to show up with that iron performance and he does happen to have a spike putting week, he can give you a really good outing, which is what he did last year here at this tournament. He was the runner up last year. He gained three and a half strokes off the tee, five and a half strokes on approach, and then five with the putter. That's the formula for success for Kevin Streelman is to be just good enough off the tee, be a lead on approach, have a good putting week, and he can turn in a really good week. Whatever it was last year, something really clicked for him at this tournament and, and gaining five strokes putting is a really solid performance. So I do kind of like Kevin Streelman for that reason also. Now, Vincent Norman is another one of these young guys kind of like Peter Quest, except we have a little bigger sample size for Vincent Norman. He's played pretty much this entire PGA Tour season. So what we know about Vincent Norman through this calendar year is he is a great off the tee player. And to me, he's the one whose profile feels the most similar to Trey Mullinax, who was last year's champion. Trey Mullinax is very long off the tee and is actually not um, a guy who's super inaccurate off the tee. At courses that are 
driver heavy golf courses where you can just bomb away with driver and then you know hope to hit the green hope to make your birdie putt that's where trey mullinax does well and that's kind of where vincent norman has done well so far you look at his best performances tbc craig ranch at&t byron nelson one of my comp courses t8 detroit golf club rocket mortgage classic t24 another course where you can bomb away driver hope to hit the green hope to knock down your birdie putt and he hasn't been great with the putter recently either so i really do think if vincent norman is just able to flip that putter around vincent norman has a chance to win this golf tournament also now Y'all know I talk about him every time he's in the field. I got to talk about Akshay Patia. As I've said for pretty much the entire year, I think this guy is really talented. I think this guy is really good. And I think it's only a matter of time before he wins. And if you look at purely his ball striking numbers, they're elite. Like he gains over two strokes ball striking pretty much every time he tees it up. The problem is Akshay can't putt. Like he's bad at putting. He has lost strokes putting in six straight events. He has lost over two strokes putting in four of those six events. The last time the Akshay gained strokes putting was at the Mexico Open at Vedanta, where he gained five and a half strokes putting, and he finished fourth place, only behind John Rahm, Tony Finau, and Brandon Wu. That's pretty good company if you're behind John Rahm and Tony Finau only. So I really do like what Akshay has the capability to do. The only thing you need is the putter to cooperate. And so if you're like me and you play Akshay every week, you root for Akshay every week, if this is the week where the putter turns it around, then this could be the week where he finally closes out with a victory. I, I really do like Akshay on easy courses because he's a guy who can bomb away with driver and he can get really hot with his irons. He's going to give himself plenty of birdie looks. It's just a question as to if he's going to make enough of those birdie looks. But again, that's the only weak point of his game is that putter. So if he can just flip that putter around, Akshay is going to win on the PGA Tour sometime sooner or later. Now, Carl Yuan is an interesting option in my opinion probably one of the most interesting options he's like in dfs he's a tournament play he's not a cash game play he's not a safe play by any stretch of the imagination he's not a consistent play by any stretch of the imagination but what he is is he's a high ceiling play if you look at what he has done recently um he's a pretty pretty you know up and down player but what he can do is he can have spike weeks like he did at detroit golf club where he gained five strokes ball striking and five strokes with the putter it, oakdale canadian open three and a half strokes off the tee another three and a half with the putter he can give you these spike weeks where he really does show a lot of winning upside but you never know when he's going to have that spike week or if he's just going to miss the cut because i can't really if you look at his profile i can't really figure out a pattern for what courses he plays well at and what courses he doesn't if i'm looking trying to look into it you got oakdale and detroit golf club those are two courses that are bent grass greens and they're heavy driver wedge courses well that kind of fits the bill here this week. So I kind of think that there is a chance that this could be a good week for Car Yuan. However, I would have said that last week as well with TBC or D run. So um, super inconsistent option, but super high upside in Carl Yuan. Now, Justin Lauer is a guy that we got to talk about. So Justin Lauer, plain and simple, is one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. And he doesn't get a whole lot of credit for it because he's not good enough in the other categories to put himself in contention very often. But when he does, he was above average in the ball striking at the Detroit Golf Club, gained seven strokes putting, boom, eighth place finish. So with Lauer, 
easier courses tend to be better bets for him because what it ends up happening is is he can't lose as much strokes off the tee or on approach because you know he's not going to hit super bad shots you can only get so far out of position on easy courses and then when you're still hitting greens if you're having a high green regulation percentage then you're going to give yourself those birdie putts which he is prone to knocking down more than a lot of guys in this field so i really do like justin lauer for that reason all right now dipping into the 8k range we're starting with a lot of these uh european guys that are here um, on this event. Well, this is still in the 9K range, but Nicholas Norgard Muller, Danish golfer, primary plays on the DP World Tour, came in 27th place here last year. And he's a guy that I kind of like this week. Uh, the Rick Run Good database did not have his most recent form, but I did find it on the OWGR official website. He's been just piling up solid finishes on the DP World Tour. Uh, he has made one, two, three, seven straight made cuts. He has been in the top 20 in two of those events. So I just think you're looking at a guy who's playing consistently good golf. And here's the question that I think comes up with a lot of guys here this week in this event and in the Scottish Open. When you've got these two tours blending together, you know, how much better is a mediocre guy on the PGA Tour versus a mediocre guy on the DP World Tour. I tend to think that a lot of the public in DFS is going to play the PGA Tour guys because that's who they're more familiar with. That's who they know week in and week out. And so I think you might get a little bit depressed ownership on some of the DP World Tour guys. And that's kind of a strategy that if those guys happen to hit, you could really do well in DFS this week if you're a little overweight on the guys that are going to be lower owned, which I think are going to be these DP World Tour guys. That, that does it for the 9K range. We're going to move on to the 8K on DraftKings. I'm going to try to highlight as many of these DP World Tour guys that I am interested in as I can. The first one is Ryo Hisatsune. Ryo Hisatsune? Hisatsune? I'm going to just call him Rio. All right, so Rio has been playing really well on the DP World Tour. He's got three straight top 27 finishes. He is gaining strokes in every category aside from last week where he lost three and a half strokes on approach but still finished T8 at Maiden Himmerland. So I really like Rio's stat profile. I really like his recent form coming in. I think, quite frankly, he's a little bit underpriced. He's probably one of my favorite DP World Tour guys that I want to go with. Now, Marcus Helegkilde. I don't know much about him, but I do know that if you look at his stat profile, he is like the European Tours version of Akshay Batia because he tends to do very well in the ball striking categories and he tends to lose a lot of strokes putting. But he has the potential to play well even when he does lose strokes putting. Back in April, yeah, I had to think about the month there, played in the Korea Championship and finished second place and lost three and a half strokes putting. If he's just neutral with the putter, he probably picks up a win there. Last week at Himmerland, gained strokes in every category except for the putter, loses two and a half strokes putting, finishes T35. So he's a guy that if, if you're buying in on Akshay, it wouldn't be a bad idea to buy in on Marcus Kildi as well because he's a guy that if he just flips the putter around, he can give you a really solid week. Now, Andy Sullivan is another guy that I like. So I've been playing in the DP World Tour 
um, DFS streets for the past few weeks to get myself ready for these upcoming two weeks where we're going to have um, the strategic alliance where these two tours are going to be playing together. And he's made me money in the last two weeks because he's been priced in the 7K range on the European tour. Um, and he finished T15 at the British Masters, T17 at Maiden Himmerland, essentially gaining strokes in every category both weeks. Uh, I really like where his form's at coming in. And again, I think he's just a better golfer than a lot of the guys that are priced around him. So I do like Andy Sullivan this week. Now, another 7K DP World Tour guy that I like is Julian Garrier. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly because, you know, I had four years of French in high school. So I, I like to think I have a little bit of grasp on how to pronounce the names. But anyway, Julian Garrier, also another guy who's playing pretty well. And if you look at his profile, he is an elite ball striker. In his last five events that are, are tracked, he's gained over five strokes ball striking in four of them is not great with the putter, is not around the green, but I'm not really concerned about around the green play at Keen Trace because if you're having to be around the green, if you're having to chip, if you're not hitting greens, you're going to be in trouble in a birdie fest. So I'm not really super concerned about that. I like the ball striking numbers of Julian Garrier. All right, now back to an American, a PGA Tour player, um, a guy that is in action pretty much every week that we see, um, Tyler Duncan. He really popped up on my model because when we look at what Tyler Duncan does, he is great at easy golf courses. You know, recently T47 at Detroit Golf Club, um, made the cut with his partner at the Zurich Classic, T3 at Corrales Punta Cana. Um, you know, he's got a lot of missed cuts, but those tend to come in events with better fields. And if you look at his history at this event, it's been up and down, but I like the potential for the ups. Last year, he was T13. And he was elite in every category except for around the green. He pretty much chipped himself out of the tournament. And, I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of the Barbasol Championship last year, but I can't imagine he was chipping very often. That had to be just a few bad shots out of the sand or a few bad chips. And so I really think that Tyler Duncan, a profile that I really like, good at easy courses, definitely a guy that's going to be finding his way into my lineups this week. Now, next up, we've got Kevin Tway that I want to talk about, another PGA Tour guy. So Kevin Tway is a guy who, like I was talking about earlier with Vincent Norman, he's got a profile similar to Trey Mullinax. He tends to play well at courses that Trey Mullinax does for whatever reason. And I kind of like what he's done recently. You know, T47 at Detroit, T52 at the Travelers, those are both driver-heavy courses, right? Uh, the one I really like is the T11 at TPC Craig Ranch. That's the best comp course for this one on the PGA Tour, in my opinion. Uh, and so I really like what he's done at easy courses. I really like what he's done at driver-heavy courses. And if you look at his history at this event, let me type it in real quick. You look at his history at this event, I believe it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Two made cuts, a T26 and a T50. Um, last year, he was slightly negative in approach and slightly negative with the putter. Gained in every category back in 2021. So I do like me some Kevin Tway for my lineups this week. Now, two more DP World Tour guys that I want to um, highlight. The first one is Adrian Sadier. I'm going to assume is how it's pronounced. If it's Sadier, I'm going to I'm going to feel bad, but I believe it's Sadier. Um, he's just strung together a really good stretch of golf on the DP World Tour. Um, made four straight cuts, four straight top 25 finishes. If you're a buyer into recent form, he's a guy that you probably want for that reason. Uh, and then the last one, he was another guy that showed up on the easy courses on my model. That is Andrew Wilson. 
Wilson. And I'll be honest, I can't find a whole lot with the stat profile that really like stands out in a good way, other than the fact that he tends to be a pretty good ball striker and tends to be pretty bad with the putter, but has the potential for a spike week with the putter. Um, and that's kind of the recipe for success here this week. Like if you can be a really good ball striker and have a really spike week with the putter, that can be a path to success here at Keen Trace. All right, so those were the guys that I wanted to kind of highlight long form. Um, just want to do some kind of quick hitters, quick bullet points on a few guys that um, I'm also going to be targeting this week in addition to the guys that I just mentioned. Um, Grayson Murray, deceptively playing some good golf recently, won this event when it was in Alabama, not when it was at Keen Trace, but I do think it's a pretty similar setup all in all. Um, and then another guy, two more guys in the 8K range. Josh Teeter is a local guy, plays this course very well, a 15th and a 6th tier. Primarily plays on the Corn Ferry Tour, but I, that doesn't super concern me when, you know, this is slightly better than a Corn Ferry field. Uh, Marty Doe is a guy that I like a lot this week also. He really let me down last week at the John Deere after playing well at the Rocket Mortgage, but his two best finishes this year have been at Rocket Mortgage and the Byron Nelson. What are those courses? Easy courses, driver heavy, cannot get yourself in much trouble off the tee. And from what I've watched of Marty Doe, he is a pin hunter. Like this man will fire at any pin. And so I like that at easy courses because you're not going to get yourself in a whole lot of trouble by firing at the pins at easy courses. Whereas you start firing at pins at Augusta National and it's going to eat you alive. So I really do like um, Marty Doe at $8,100 this week. If you're a buyer on Jonas Blixt, he did really bounce back from a very weak form of golf at the John Deere Classic um, last week. If you think that's a sign of things to come, I have no problem going back to him. Sung Yul No at $7,300 has made a lot of cuts recently. Um, he's got two made cuts at this event. If you're looking for a bargain play who's going to make the cut, you could find much worse ones than that. Another guy that I like in this range, Jim Herman. Not so much on the recent form, but he does own a victory at this golf course, and I think that's worth mentioning. Satoshi Kadaira, another guy like Sung Yul No, very consistent with the made cuts. Um, does own two top 30 finishes at this event with a top or with a 27th and a 20th. Uh, I really do like Satoshi Kadaira this week as well. I believe there was one more that I wanted to discuss. Oh, Kevin Roy. Very solid finish at the John Deere Classic. Was doing much better before Sunday. Just couldn't buy a putt on Sunday. Um, and then it really went away from him after that. All right. I do believe that was the last guy that I wanted to mention. Yes, yes, it was. When you start looking farther down the board here, you're looking at a lot of guys that if they have good course history, they probably don't have good recent form like Austin Cook. Um, or if they do have good recent form, they might be DP World Tour players or might be primarily Corn Ferry Tour players. So that might be what you're looking at there. All right, so that does it for the preview for the Barbasol Championship. We talked DFS lineup construction. We talked, you know, best picks to win, best bets. And we did it all in under 30 minutes. That's what we like to do here at Mike's Money Picks. Now, if you like what you saw on this episode, please hit that like button. Please subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on YouTube or whether you are listening on audio. You'll be notified new episodes drop like next week where you get our full preview for the Open Championship, two episodes, uh, and then the Barracuda Championship as well. If you want to know officially who I'm playing, I do write up an article for golf every week on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks, where I detail my picks. I talk 
talk ownership, I talk lineup building, all that fun stuff. Also, my full season fantasy football rankings and draft guide are on there as well. All right, that does it for the Barbasol Championship. Best of luck to everybody this week. Hopefully, I gave you some information that you can use. Thank you guys for watching, and I will see you next time.